0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Here we are with the UFC 251 recap. This is the voice in your ears. Adam Kaplan was lacking baby. Another fucking great weekend of fights. A couple of us are disappointed in terms of maybe the main event, but I would definitely say that all of the other fights uh, delivered for the most part. Let's get right into it. First thing we're going to get into, Peter Yawn versus Jose Aldo. Like I said on uh, Wednesday's show, the young lion versus the, the vet, the legend, Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo came out looking fucking sharp. Had that lead head, lead hand bouncing around up and down in front of Jan's face. Kind of uh, flustered uh, Jan a little bit at the beginning stages of the round. Jan was a lot more composed. Jan ended up opening up and, and, and took the first round. But surprisingly, Aldo came back and uh, took over that second round. In the first round, it was interesting how both guys started off with more of a boxing style. And then into the second round, they had both changed up their style in in terms of more of a Muay Thai game. A lot more uh, body kicks were prevalent. And actually, the body work by Aldo in the second round was really a big factor. And leading on to those other rounds, you know, the third and then the fourth round, you started to see that Aldo was declining a bit. Jan was starting to pick up. And then especially at the end, halfway through the fourth into that fifth round, Jan had pretty much gained full momentum and took over that fight. And and I would say that a lot of this has to do with age. A lot of this has to do with all of the miles that Jose Aldo has had on his body. And I do think that if this fight was in a different era, in a different time, and Jan still had that skill set and we were fighting a different Aldo, that fight would have turned out to be a five-round war. And we probably would have seen these guys fight another 10 times. But because he's meeting Jose Aldo at a different point in his career, you definitely see how Jan was able to capitalize in the later rounds, especially with that overwhelming ground and pound. Jose Aldo just couldn't really get his breath back. And even being a jujitsu black belt, just wasn't really able to gain his composure back. Uh, Ref kind of shit the bed. Jose Aldo took far too many strikes on the ground, even though they didn't maybe seem like the most damaging. It was pretty clear that Jose Aldo was not going to be able to continue to be a factor in this bout. Um, so congratulations to Peter Yan, the the new UFC bantamweight, uh, bantamweight champion, hailing from Russia. Two champions now coming out of Russia, Khabib Nurmagomedov and Peter Yan. And uh, that's another title for Tiger Muay Thai. So really, really action-packed fight. That one was actually my favorite fight on the card, and you know I wasn't sure how that one was going to fare out because I didn't know um, how really the fight was going to go. But Aldo came out firing; he actually looked better than ever. He really looked better than ever in those first first few rounds. Really impressive stuff. Moving on, Max Holloway versus Alex Volkanovski—definitely the most controversial fight on the card. Um, Seems as if it was pretty clear that Max won the first two rounds. Just made his presence so big in the octagon in those first two rounds. It looked like he was taking up the entire cage up against a, a Volkanovski. That looks like he fights in a different weight class versus Max Holloway. And uh, Holloway's right uppercut to left hook was very prevalent. He dropped Volkanovski in the first and second round. Second round due to that uppercut. In the first round, I believe, due to a high kick. Um and you just really saw how Max Holloway was was in a flow state in those first two rounds and was really focused. As Michael Bisping mentioned, took a little bit of a narrower stance so he could maybe lift the lead leg or attempt to check the kick. Um, I don't think he really did make any adjustments to check the kicks. However, I do actually think that Volkanovski wasn't able to sit down on those light kicks as deep as he was in the first fight. So perhaps maybe the look, um, some of the looks that Holloway was giving Volkanovski was a reason why Alex wasn't able to sit down on his leg kicks a bit more. But um, it was very, very obvious that Max had won those first two rounds. And then leading into that third and fourth round, which seems to be the two rounds that are confusing the most people. For me personally, if I'm looking at any round is going to be a factor in Volkanovski taking over, it would be the third round. I thought the fourth and the fifth were clear to Alex, and the first and the second were clear to Max, and the third round is where it gets foggy. And the reason why the entire fight is foggy is, is that you're looking at, first of all, Max did fantastic in the first two rounds, okay? And then second of all, you're looking at Alex Volkanovsky, who's almost maybe point fighting, versus a Max Holloway, who in the later rounds wasn't throwing as much volume, but certainly landed the more significant strikes, And I think that that's where the casual and the hardcore MMA fans really have their biggest disagreements, is that the hardcores are able to see how Volkanovski was slowly outpointing Holloway, whereas the casuals have no idea in terms of what they're watching because all they're really focusing on is the damage. And I'm not saying that all casuals don't know what they're talking about. I mean for these razor-thin decisions. And one thing that the casual and the hardcore always forget is is that to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. And I don't care if people say that's bullshit. It's facts. And we have been seeing that in boxing and in MMA uh, for as long as anybody has been watching it, where most of the time the champion gets the benefit of the, the, the doubt. Excuse me. Um, Seems as if in the later rounds, Volkanovski was able to press forward a lot more. um, Wasn't able to find a home for that right hand whatsoever. It's actually fucking crazy if you go back and watch that fight. Then Volkanovski literally beat Holloway with his lead left hand and his leg kicks. Whether he was throwing uh, jabs or hooks just to close the distance and then ending it off with a leg kick, that right hand just really didn't seem to find a home. Whereas Holloway was landing... Uh, with a lot more significance and a lot more weapons. So I think that that's also why fans found it harder to see that Max uh, lost because Max was just hitting Volk a lot cleaner. And Alex was – when how Alex was getting the work done, it it wasn't clean. He did make the proper adjustments in the judges' eyes and in most people's eyes, but um, to another big majority of MMA fans, we would like to see them fight again. So – It's kind of one of those matchups where it's sad because Volkanovski will never really get the recognition perhaps that he deserves because also I'm sure that the UFC brass feels that Holloway won that fight also. So the push that they're going to give behind Volkanovski will not really be nearly as strong as it would have been had Max Holloway would have won. So that's a little bit disappointing, but Volkanovski is just going to have to truck on and, um, and, and just continue to outperform his opponents. So congratulations to Alex Volkanovski, the UFC featherweight champion. And that's the reason, guys, why I couldn't give you a prediction is because something plausible like this was very capable of happening. Okay, it almost seems like Max has to fight the perfect, perfect fight to beat Alex Volkanovski. You know, even though he could cause more damage, even though he's the bigger, stronger fighter. Okay, even though he's he seemed to have landed the more impressive strikes, he needs to uh, fight the perfect performance to beat Volkanovski because it seems as if in those later rounds, he in those later rounds he's not finding the gas tank. As I said on last show, it 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 was evident Max Max Holloway is not chinning. He is able to take a punch. Okay, he's in there. He's a gamer. Those the the miles that he's taken in those past fights, we don't have to worry about that part. But We do see that Holloway is starting to struggle in those championship rounds, and I don't know how much of Holloway's loss has to do with Volkanovski or himself once again. And and I think that a lot of fans feel that way, and I feel the brass feels that way, and that's why, unfortunately, I don't know if Volkanovski is going to get the push that he deserves, because he really is a great guy. And I would actually suggest that fans go ahead and watch a little bit of behind the scenes footage of of Volkanovski, because like Holloway, he's a super, super likable guy and a really good champion. And, and, you know, coming from Australia and training in New Zealand and fighting in that part of the world, training under Eugene Behrman now in city kickboxing where Adesanya trains and uh, Brad Riddell, Kai kara France and, and a lot of the Kiwi boys, and then now, Volkanovski hailing from Australia training there, you know, they're really growing the sport in that corner of the world. And I think that people aren't giving that nearly enough recognition as they should. <clears throat> well, I'm going to have to eat my words a little bit, though. I, uh, <laughs> I seem to have got a little bit too high on Jorge Masvidal last fight, uh, last show. Look, Masvidal is a fan favorite guy. I've been a fan of him for over 10 years. Uh, Usman is not necessarily a guy who uh, tickles my fancy, but he's a dominant champion and, and, you know, a good ambassador for the sport. Completely well-rounded fighter. As I mentioned on the show, if you peel through all the bullshit of me overblowing Masvidal, he needed to suffocate Masvidal like a blanket in order to beat him. And yes, there were a few scenarios where he wanted to exchange with Masvidal, but those Suli that quickly ended with uh, with Usman using his Greco-Roman wrestling to keep Masvidal up against the cage and just kind of keep him there, status quo, and just pepper him with punches. And he probably threw about 150 foot stomps. That seemed to be the most significant thing of the night uh, were those foot stomps. Um, The thing is, on Masvidal's side, it it seemed as if every strike that he was throwing from a boxing standpoint was too telegraphed and Usman was able to see it from a mile away, which sucked because, you know, those body kicks and that Muay Thai that I was talking up were one of the reasons to slowing down some of Masvidal's success due to Usman catching the kick and then uh, starting to wrestle Masvidal, nullifying his striking. So. The body kicks weren't really the game plan. I think that if Masvidal was going back and reflecting how he could have have fought that fight better, it would have been through his boxing. I think he needed to actually remain a lot more patient and try to pick Usman off so that if Usman then rushes him after being hit or whatever it is, he could then circle off and use his footwork, Masvidal, to avoid the closing of the distance from Usman to slow down the fight and cause his wrestling. So my hats off are to Usman. I still stand by the competitor versus the fighter. Um, I'm happy, you know, with the fact that I was still able to deliver that knowledge to the fans to watch out for Usman's wrestling capabilities. And that he's still able to uh, hold down Masvidal like a wet blanket because you're not supposed to necessarily be biased on these types of shows. But until I have somebody breathing down my neck telling me how to speak, I'll do what the fuck I want. So that's what happened with, with Kamaru Usman and Jorge Masvidal. It was disappointing to see how disappointed Masvidal was. I don't think we've ever seen him take a loss like this before. But one thing that I will take away from this performance, um, I was I was reading on Twitter by, by by a gentleman that I follow, Edwin Gallo. I believe it's Edwin Gallo MMA, at, at Ed Gallo MMA. And he said that the problem with Masvidal is that He's so good at grappling that he's so passive when he's, when he's being held down. Okay? He's so good at being defensive that he's almost passive and just too comfortable being in those positions. So it would just be interesting to see how Masvidal's um, wrestling and jiu-jitsu defense would exponentially um, skyrocket if he had that immediate urgency to scramble and get back to his striking but he's so good wrestling and uh, grappling wise that he is comfortable to help nullify his opponent's uh, grappling with his grappling. But I think it would be really cool if we kind of saw that more sense of urgency and then him breathing down their throat with more strikes. So that was UFC 251. It was, it was a really good card. I think that fans were a little bit disappointed uh, definitely with the Holloway decision. And then the Masvidal decision. However, you know, those fights delivered and call it a spade a spade, coming in there against a guy like Kamara Usman on six days notice is damn near impossible. A couple of notable uh, honorable mentions have to go to Yuri Prochaska and Rose Namajunas. Yuri Prochaska is the former Rizin light heavyweight champion. Uh, Rizin's basically the biggest promotion in Japan right now. And we I used to watch Yuri Prochaska at like 4 or 5 in the morning to knock out all of these great international light heavyweights. And now finally we got to see him in the UFC fighting Volkan Ojemir from uh, Switzerland, who trains out of Florida, uh, used to be a Black Zillions guy, or he still is, or he's a hoofed guy now, and um, got a shot against Yuri. Yuri's style is so unorthodox, he kept looking at his right hand and holding his wrist as if he was adjusting his watch or as if his hand was broken. And it kept throwing off Ojamir and the fans. And, you know, he was giving a lot of looks and unorthodox feints that we pr- quite frankly i've never seen in the octagon and it was really fun and really refreshing to just have a new character and a new look and a new um a new style in the octagon i think that the fans really appreciated that and really appreciated the breath of fresh air that is yuri Prochaska. and to top the cherry uh to put the cherry on top of the uh, the ice cream he put Volkan Ojamir away with a ko i was proud to have won a little bit of cash and i was proud to have won a little bit of cash for my buddies so Hands off to uh, Yuri, Yuri Prochaska, definitely one of the honorable mentions. And then another one going to Rose, Rose Namajunas, the uh, former Shraway champion in the UFC. Had fought Andrade before and lost to her by KO. She got slammed on her head. So to just come out there, fight a dominant, dominant performance, probably I would say... You know, definitely those first two rounds. But that third round, she started to ease off a bit. That fatigue started to settle in. And Andrade started to take over. And that's what I love about these uh, straw weights. If you take a four-way tournament between, between Wei Li, uh Young Jacek, Nama Yunus, and Andrade and have these four girls fight each other ten times in a row, you are just going to get action-packed, uh, action-packed, action-packed. You're just gonna get fucking action, baby. These four girls are the most technical fighters in the UFC, with the most grit and some of the biggest and most vast skill sets in their arsenal. So, you know, my hats off to Rose Namajunas to get this done against a tough opponent, Jessica Andrade, especially coming off a loss to her for her belt. And I applaud Jessica Andrade to come back in those later rounds and really show Rose. Hey, if that would have been a five round fight. You better better get ready to buckle the fuck up because I'm ready to go. So that's us today, guys. 16 16, 16 and a bit in the bank. Uh, Next UFC is this Wednesday. Okay, so tune in. I don't know perhaps if you're going to get a show out of me on Tuesday, but you are definitely going to get a recap out of me on Thursday. Take care, everybody. Bow.